You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. Hey, I got with me today, Kyle Stanley, uh, multi-million dollar business in short-term rentals. Um, you've got an amazing, uh, you know, portfolio and resume when it comes to investing. But what strikes me a lot is your podcast and uh, more so the name of your podcast, The Fearless Investor. Yeah, that that is the name. <laughs> yeah, that um, it, it, it strikes me because... Uh, those two words don't usually go together. How do you come up with that? Yeah, that's a good good question, Dr. K. Uh, so there's no such thing as as being fearless, right? But it gets you thinking, right? Like the first thing you think of is like, how do you how do you become a fearless investor? Well, there there's no such thing. Everything that we do is driven by either fear or pleasure, yeah. right? We're either thinking about, well, I don't want to be in this situation or I badly want to be in this situation. And so I think um, one of my favorite quotes is pain will push you until vision pulls you. And so the idea mm-hmm. is we're going to have that fear, right? And and I was talking to a good friend of mine, Tony Robinson, the other day, like one of the things that drives his business, he's one of the hosts of the Bigger Pockets podcast uh, for rookies. Yes. And he, uh, he was talking about like, you know, there was that one time that my son, I wasn't even able to pay for my copay to have him checked in on at the hospital. He's like, I never want to be in that situation again. So like he's driven by that fear of never wanting to go back. Some people they'll get to that point where they're like, I'm driven by, I want, you know, the, the financial freedom so that I can travel the world so that I don't have to ever check my bank account again so that I can give back, you know, and, and those are the ones that like, for me, that's where I feel like you you truly reach like this this gratitude and abundance mindset because you're going for so much rather than trying to avoid a situation. And but both are super motivating, right? So like that's where right. I just I like talking about fear because here's a guy like Tony who's like massively successful and a lot of what he says is driven by fear. And then you talk to other people and they're driven by this this immense pleasure or this immense desire or fantasy that they have. And that for me is like the the point of like let's get to a fearless mode where we're just going for the the biggest dream that we can have. Yeah, um, when, when you say so, it's, it's almost to a point where you have to do it afraid. The fear doesn't necessarily go away. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it ever goes away. Um, I think anything though, right? If if you have the confidence to go out and do it and do it again and do it again. Where does all that come from? That comes first of all, from educating yourself and learning how to do it. And I was just talking to one of my students like the, uh, yesterday, she said like, I'm just so scared about going and getting this next deal. I said, what are you scared about? And she's like, well, it's a lot of money. I was like, well, how much are you going to make from it? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, that's why you're scared. You, you don't have, you don't have the knowledge. Like all you got to do is go do the deal analysis and see what you're going to make. What if, what if the deal is going to double your ROI? Are you going to be scared then? She's like, no. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's all you got to do. So to me, it's the education, right? Like the more that we can educate ourselves, the more that we feel comfortable taking that first step. And once we take that first step and we get results, now we can do it again and again with much more confidence. And then like still today, I still have deals that I do where I'm like, hey, this this is kind of scary. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one, but 
I'm not nearly as worried as I was when I had zero deals under my belt. So um, I think the, the education and the action trumps just about any of the fear. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so it's a fear of the unknown, and mm. information helps kind of yeah. add, add some clarity and help remove some of that fear. Yeah, and and even more so, uh, I'm not even sure that the the education is the clarity, right? It's the first step to clarity, but the action mm. really brings the clarity because then when you take action, you're either going to get results or you're not going to get results. So you either get clarity that you're doing the right thing, or you get clarity that you need to make some adjustments. Yeah, that's a good point. What what was uh, may, maybe your first time moving out of fear? Because I know you had to be stuck at some point. Moving out of well, I can tell you a lot of times I was scared. Right. <laughs> um, uh, when you say moving out of fear, tell tell me a little bit more what what you mean. So I mean a, a time when you didn't have the right information, so fear was holding you back. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, for for sure. Yeah, I had that. You've got many deals under your belt now, but you had that yeah. first deal. Yeah. That, uh, maybe had some hesitation. I, I would say, you know, from September 2018 until January 2018, I was in this like education mode and I was stuck there because all I was getting was the surface level stuff, right? We go on to YouTube, we go on to, you know, even these podcasts, right? We can't, we, we get information, but we don't get instruction. Right. There's there's very rarely like do this, do this, do this. And it applies to everyone. Right. Like typically we have to have we have to look behind the curtains a little bit and see all right, what what do we really need to do? And so I was doing a lot of research on how to find apartments. And then I looked down the apartment route and I was like, man, that's that's a lot of money. Then I was like, well, what about flipping houses? And that just seemed too complicated. And then wholesaling like came up and I was like, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> but like, that sounds like a lot of work. And, and so there was just this like time of four months for me where I was just like, I was paralyzed by not knowing what decision to make. And so one day I finally was like, all right, I've been doing this for free for the last four months. And I haven't gotten anywhere. So maybe I need to spend a little bit of money. So I went to a, a seminar. It was only $199. Fortune Builders is the name of it, if you've ever heard of it. Um, and they were teaching how to flip and wholesale houses. And of course, by the end, you know, they've warmed you up enough to where now they're like, all right, you know, we've shown you a little bit, but now we want to teach you step by step right next to you. And, and I was like, all right, well, whatever that's going to cost, I had already seen, like, if I get one flip under contract, I can make 30 grand. And sure enough, 
uh, their, their cost for doing business was 30 grand. And I was so convinced at that point that, Hey, you know what, this already helped me make such a concrete decision. Whereas the last four months I've just been stuck in fear that I'm just going to do this. And I did it. I had my first flip under contract six weeks later. I had my first rental under contract that I was going to renovate about three months later. And before I know it, I'm jumping into short-term rentals and making more money than I have ever made doing anything as an entrepreneur for the previous 10 years of my life. So for me, man, I guess the biggest thing was getting out of my own way and, you know, putting some skin in the game was the way that I got out of, out of fear. Yeah, during that four months when you're getting kind of inundated with courses and information, do you feel like there was too much information or can that be a problem? Oh, 100%. There's, there can be too much information. We, we overcomplicate things. Um, you know, I, I, I started out by watching Grant Cardone, who, you know, barely uh, follow anymore just for a number of different reasons. But um, what I liked about him in the beginning is he made it so simple it was a numbers thing. I'm, I'm good at numbers. Like I could, I could calculate an NOI and a, and a cap rate yeah. and the return on investment just by following his formula, but getting the deal and raising the money and finding the relationships, right. It starts to complicate things. And then you start hearing about people who are wholesaling the deals and then they're flipping the deals and they're doing creative financing. And it's just like, it's analysis paralysis, a hundred percent. So that's why, you know, there's, there's one thing that I really do like that he says, and it's something that I started doing was um, just find one path and find one person that you're going to listen to. If, if they are where you want to be, just listen to them. Don't go, go, don't go listening to a bunch of other things. Don't go buy a bunch of courses. Don't be an education junkie, right? Like there's plenty yeah. of those out there that like, I've, I've got people that have, you know, spent over $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 in education, and they still come to me and they're like, hey, I want to pay you. I'm like, what's going to change? Like, <laughs> you you have to commit yourself to something before you even start, like, looking for another thing. Um, I talk about master, automate, scale. Master what you're doing first, mm -hmm. automate it, then move on and try something else or, or scale that business to a different location or to a different exit strategy. It doesn't make sense to, and, and I was, I say this out of experience. It doesn't make sense to half-ass something and barely do it well enough to, to make a little bit of money and then start something new. You want to dominate that one thing to the point where you have made so much money and done so many things that you can automate most of that business and then move on to the next thing. So for me, like, that and I know I went off on a tangent there, but like that's that's what one of the biggest issues is people just try too many different things. They educate themselves too much before they ever just decide and, and commit to something. Yeah, it's not a tangent at all. It actually um, goes back to your your earlier point of taking action because yeah. you can take all of these courses, get all of this information. And that's why they hop from, you know, uh, course to course or class to class. And they're not taking the action that's going to help propel them forward. Yeah. You know, I, I believe in this so much that I actually made an acronym on it. You want to hear it? Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> so, so action is the acronym. A stands for, are you truly ready? Right? Like I talk to so many people who are like, yes, I want to get into short-term rentals and I want to do Airbnb. And I'm like, great. Why do you want to do it? Oh, I want passive income. Okay. Why do you want passive income? Uh, because I just want to make more money. That's, that's, you're not ready. Like you haven't decided why you really wanted to do this. Now, if you come to me and you tell me, Hey, I hate my job. I never see my kids. 
I, I barely get to put food on the table. I need to change something and I'm ready to change something. And if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Like this yeah. is it. Great. You're ready. Like you've, you've again, like fear will push you until vision pulls you. Fear has pushed you so much. You are, you are now at that place where you're so fed up with your current situation. You have to make a change. You're ready. So that's the A. Uh, the C is create the cases. We get scared, right? We, we say, okay, let's let, I'm going to do this. And then I get that first deal and then it's like, ah, I'm scared. What if I lose money? What if I don't do this right? What if the house burns down? Like what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's create a case. So what's the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario? Worst case scenario. All right. So the way that I do business through the rental arbitrage model um, and also through managing for other people on their Airbnb, rental arbitrage is essentially I rent it from an owner and then I sublease it on Airbnb. So what's the worst case scenario on that? Worst case is that I rent it and I spend all this money on furniture and I spend a security deposit and the place doesn't rent. Right. I don't do a good job. I don't, I'm not making any money. What's the worst case scenario? I spend about 10,000 on furniture. I spend about 3,000 on a security deposit. And now I'm paying every month rent at call it $2,000 a month. So if it's not working, what could I do? Uh, well, I've already been given permission by the landlord to sublease this out. So I could put a different renter in there. I call it 2,200 a month. And now I'm making $200 of cash flow. And sure, I spent a bunch of money on furniture, but it was only $10,000. Can you live with that worst case scenario? Can you, yeah. you know, actually think about that and say, okay, yeah, if I drop $10,000 and I'm not cash flowing anything, or maybe even worse, I'm losing money. I think I can live with that scenario. All right, great. Now, what if you can create this business into something that makes you 10,000, 20,000, 30, 50, $100,000 a month, and you automate it to the point where your team is taking care of it for you. So you don't have to be working in your business, just like me putting in three to five hours a week. How does that sound? Yeah. That sounds pretty exciting. Risk is not very high. Reward is really high. Okay. So that's where now we've created these cases. Now we can decide, okay, let's, let's take action. Let's do this. The T is just try it. All right. You've decided you're ready to do it. You've created the cases. You're okay with them. Now just dip your toe in. Let's try one deal. We don't have to get a hundred mm -hmm. at once. We don't have to get even the biggest house. Go get a one bedroom, one bath and just see if this thing works. Just try it. You love yeah. it now. What, what's that? I said proof of concept. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so you get that proof of concept. And now all it takes, and we've already talked about it, is just by keeping your eye on the ball. So I-O-N equals I on the ball. So if you can just keep your eye on that prize and just keep on, put your head down and do it again and again and again and again, that's exactly what I did for three years. We went from zero to 65 properties after getting that proof of concept on one property. And that's taken me to where I'm at now. And so... Um, I, I love I love that acronym just for the fact that it should help you to be able to make decisions a lot quicker. I do, too. And I, I know a lot of acronyms. Um, I do IT for a living and I work for the government. So there's full of acronyms and that's got to be uh, up there with the best I've heard. Cool. Well, I'm, I, I took a little bit of time to think about it. The eye on the yeah. prize is kind of it's kind of corny, but hey, it works. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, you also have a, a course, so you kind of alluded to some of your students, but what is your course and what does it do? Yeah, I mean, everything is just, it's just a business in a box. Like literally okay. you can create a six-figure business with short-term rentals um, with this course in under 12 months. Um, and hmm. we have students that have literally done 
a million dollars in under seven months of gross income on Airbnb. And then we have other students that are pretty typical that will do a hundred to 300,000 in their first year on Airbnb. Um, and, and for me, um, it, it just has everything that you could think of to find the deals, to evaluate them, to figure out where you're going to start, start your market to setting up that short-term rental, um, automating the process, getting five-star reviews for your guests so that you can repeat guests, yeah. you know, we can get that repeat business, um, and then just scaling and getting more and more and more properties. And so one of the biggest things, and, and we didn't really talk about this at all, uh, but with, with my model, uh, I don't own the 65 properties that I mentioned. I own about eight of them. The rest of them are all other people's properties. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was going to be a question. I didn't know if, uh, how much capital we have to start to accumulate yeah. you know, before and, we can get into these properties. And that was, that was the big thing for me. Like, the first property that I got um, was one that I owned and then I made two and a half times as much as a short-term rental as I would have as a long-term rental. And so I was like, well, how do I do that again? But I, do, I don't have a hundred K to go buy another house, you know, right. but I did yeah. have 10 to 15 K to go get a one bedroom, one bath here in Fresno, California and start renting it out and making a, a you know, a spread. So I put in $7,000 on my first arbitrage property um, and was making 800 to $1,000 a month. So I was getting close to a 200% ROI on doing that. And so uh, that that's the model that that we follow. That's the model that we teach. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. The biggest question that we have is how do I convince a landlord, right? And so mm -hmm. we're showing you how to be able to position yourself as a much better option for landlords um, as a short-term manager at the property rather than them renting it out to a long-term tenant. So those are uh, along the lines of what we teach in uh, in our course. It's called the Short-Term Rental Kickstart course. All right. It sounds like a lot of good information. You touched on some of the stuff that I had kind of stirring around in my mind, and that's uh, why would a landlord want to rent to you as a business as opposed to just a traditional tenant? And I think you, you you somewhat answered that because you're gonna, you're going to teach your students how to position themselves and how to present that to the owner in a way that they would want to partner or or allow that to happen. Exactly. I mean, just just to like kind of do a 500 foot overview of this. Um, when you think about being a, a landlord, you think about all of the issues that landlords go through. Right? They get that call at 11 p.m. at night. The AC's out, and they got to deal with something. They they you know the tenant clogged the toilet and they got to call their handyman. Um, hey, my, you know, my, my job or, you know, I, I had an injury and I had to go to the hospital. I got a bill. And so I'm going to be a little bit late on rent this month, right? All these things start to pile up, especially here in California. We've got squatters, you know, that's, that's a yeah. big issue for, for us. I, I own three long-term rentals. One of my three uh, dealt, I had a squatter for over a year. All right. I have 65 wow. short-term rentals. I've never had a squatter in a short-term rental. So I, I, I can use these stories like this when I can show them, these are all the benefits of renting to me or having me manage it for you as a short-term rental versus you doing it as a long-term rental. Um, a lot of other ways, you know, you're making sure the condition of the home is a lot better. If I have cleaners and my team going in there three to four times a week, that's a lot better than you waiting two years after a lease starts to see the house you know, a year or two later, um, right. we just actually uh, took over one for for an owner who for 15 years, he was running this thing out and he's a teacher, you know, not not making a lot of money. 
when he got the house back, he had to do over $25,000 of renovations because this tenant that lived there for 15 years, just, you know, they didn't, they didn't treat it like their own house. They treated it like a rental. Um, so those are just the things that are not happening in our short-term rentals. And Oh, by the way, if they do happen, the great thing is we have extra insurance. We have typically the, uh, the OTA, which is like Airbnb or VRBO has their own set of policies as well to help pay for damages. So we're just protected in a lot more ways. Um, so for that reason, we, we are a much better choice than the long-term tenant. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah, um, a lot of those headaches that the uh, the landlord is trying to avoid, wouldn't that be the same thing that you are trying to avoid? So you, you want to automate your business, right? So how do you how, how do you deal with those maintenance issues and things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. You know, when you think about it, if you're going to a hotel, right, and and you see the house isn't clean, what do you do? You call the front desk, yep. front desk tells you we'll send our cleaner back. Okay, so we're going to do the same thing in an Airbnb. They they show up, hey, there's no hot water. What do they do? They call the front desk, they send up a maintenance man. Okay, they call us, we're sending our maintenance man, right? You know, we're doing the same, we're operating this like a hotel. This is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Airbnb is the best real estate exit strategy. It's not a real estate exit strategy. It's hospitality that's done in real estate. We just happen to get lumped in with real estate investors because typically real estate investors are the most interested in doing this because they're tired of $100, $200, $300 of cash flow. They want $1,300, $1,500, $2,000 of cash flow. And that's what a short-term rental in the right place can do for them. Um, So we, we... we operate it like uh, a hotel. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, though, I would say, Dr. K, is, is that most people jump into this business and they're like, I just want to see how it goes. And they get one rental and they cannot imagine even adding a second, a third, a fifth, a tenth. They cannot imagine it because they're doing the cleaning. They're doing the maintenance. They're doing the guest communication. They're doing the pricing. They're doing all of it. Does it make sense to maybe do that once or twice? Yeah, it does. So you can kind of feel that, but it makes a lot more sense to outsource that stuff right away, work it into your numbers so that you can make sure you're still making money. And if you can do that, now we can build this business a lot faster because we've automated most of the day-to-day headaches. This is why I only work three to five hours a week is because I just have really good people on my team and I'm checking in with them and making sure they're doing their job. Awesome. The um, the way you've built your business and you're talking about automating processes, uh, you have 65 uh, units and I'm, I'm quite sure they're not all in Fresno. I, I'm just assuming they're either out of state or at least out of the city. What what from your background helped you to, you know, create these processes and manage mm-hmm. a business of this scale? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I literally just posted in our Facebook group, uh, which by the way, guys, if, if you know, you're looking for a free resource, um, yes, we got the, the fearless investor podcast and YouTube channel, but we have the second biggest Facebook group in the world for Airbnb. It's called Airbnb masterminds. Um, wow. but 
I, I think this post is going out on, on Thursday, but um, so many things led to, to where I'm at now, right? Like it was nine or 10 years of just trying everything under the sun, doing all the things wrong, grinding, um, trying, starting up businesses, trying new opportunities. Um, and, you know, that road kind of looks a little bit like this right out of college. I was a sports anchor that taught me, you know, how to present myself. So hence the podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, it also yep. taught me really well how to uh, get things done in a mass amount in a tight deadline. Um, you know, a lot sure. of times in that job, I would, I would show up on Saturday at 11 a.m. not knowing what I was going to be talking about for five minutes at 5 p.m. And I would have to go out and film it, edit it, shoot it or um, write it and present it. Plus, you know, making myself look professional along the way. So that taught me a ton. Um, it also taught me that I did not like working for other people. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. that was the, the first exposure into my entrepreneurial world where I started a business on the side. I was making videos for high school athletes, helping them get recruited to play in college. Um, yeah. so I was taking a lot of those skills, but now I had to work on sales, right? I had to sell my services to other people and I had to work on presenting myself in a professional way and, convincing people. I was a 22 year old kid convincing them that I could make a good enough video that their kid who was not much younger than me could get recruited to play in college. Um, so there was that, that taught me a lot, uh, taught me business aspects as well. Um, one of the things that I unintentionally did in that business is I created a very low ceiling because I was doing all the work. I didn't, I didn't outsource anything. I was doing all of the work I was working in my business and not on it. And for that reason, um, I promised everyone the world and I ended up working for pennies. (laughs) Yeah, I burned myself out. Plus, I was just working for pennies, man. I mean, a good year in that business, I made $40,000. That was a good year. Um, And and then um, I knew, you know, kind of writing on the wall, I knew I had to change some things. So I knew I needed to add another stream of income. Got into a multi-level marketing company that really helped me more than ever in my life to work on self-development. And so today, that's a big thing for me, leadership and self-development. It's one of the reasons why I think I have such a loyal team is because I I worked more on myself to be a person of influence, to be a leader that would attract other people and not just someone that could say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay you this amount. You either take it or leave it. Like that's that's not a good way of building a business. It's not a good way of leadership and, and bringing in loyalty. So I learned more about myself and more about leadership in that role than anything else. And so <clears throat> tried a few other things along the way, but... Long story short, with all of that combined, when I learned about flipping houses, I was literally sitting there at the, this web or this seminar, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is what God's been prepping me to do for the last nine years." Like all these little things that have felt like failures have actually just been honing my skills. So Man, that's when awesome. this, yeah, when this opportunity came, it was like, "Ding, ding, ding!" I've I've given you this exact opportunity and honed all these skills just for you, and and so. That's, I think that's why I moved so quickly with getting my first two flips under contract really relatively quickly after that, because I, I had all those skills honed and then the pivot over to short-term rentals just made sense because there was a need in my market. And I was the only one that was doing Airbnb at any sort of scale. I think it was the only one in my market that had more than three listings on Airbnb. So naturally everyone's like, I don't want to learn it. I want you to do it. And boom, this opportunity presented itself. So it, it is true what they say. Like, you know, Tony Robbins says it, you practice in private what you get praised for in public. 
right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. Everyone thinks like, oh, Kyle, three years, like 2019, 2022, yeah. 65 properties, you're an overnight success. No, absolutely not. Like I, I took so many years of just like trying to figure out what was going on. And there's a reason I look 53. I'm actually only 35. Uh, there's a reason I look older is because I just, for years, man, I was just grinding. I was just trying to figure it all out. And there is one learning lesson I have in all that is that I, I could have moved a lot faster had I just had someone by my side and put my ego to the side and said, no, yeah. I, I don't have to figure all this out on my own. I can hire someone. I can bring someone in that will show me the way. Um, and that probably could have cut five or six years off of my learning curve. Man, Kyle, you got me excited um, several times throughout that spill. And I didn't want to slow you down because it's good information. But I do want to go back and kind of yeah. unpack that a little bit so the audience doesn't miss some of those things. Sorry, I get excited. <laughs> yeah, I got excited with you. Uh, one is some of your failures along the way, you, you realize and recognize the fact that that was preparation for your future success. And I, I want I want people to kind of understand that. And if you can even explain more into that, because a lot of times people are stuck in the now and they're not seeing things clicking or working but it's actually preparing them for that next step. Yeah. I've got a great book for you. Um, necessary endings. Um, mm -hmm. is I think it's, um, God, I can't remember the name of the author. I'm literally listening to it right now. Um, the, that book is amazing for realizing that there's, if, if you see the writing on the wall, it's, you're not quitting if you're accepting the fact that this just is not going to work. Um, and they even talk about like, there's three different types of people in your life. This is a great book for not just business. It's great for relationships too. There's people that yeah. are literally killing your, your vibes. There's some that are just not adding any value. And then there's some that are literally like, you know, those are the five people that you want to surround yourself with. Cause they're going to make you better. Um, this, this for me, this book, like I look back on, for example, the business I told you I had that best year I made was $40,000. I would have shut down that business probably three years earlier and saved a lot of headache had I read this book ahead of time. Um, yeah. Because you're, you're, uh, you're going to come across these times where you're just like, man, I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up. And there are times when you should not. But there's also times when you've just got to look at the writing on the wall and say, like, this is not the opportunity for me or I have not created this to be in line with my lifestyle, like building a lifestyle business is a very big thing. And, and we can talk a lot about that too, but you know, you've, you've got to really get to that point where you say, Hey, it's okay. Like I, I didn't, I didn't make this a success, but I did learn a lot of things about myself along the way about my skills that I can now use for something else. And that's to me, the big thing that I took from that is I, the reason I, I told you I was doing research on real estate from September of 2018 to January, that was a really significant time because that was the time my dad was in hospice. Um, when, when I was in that moment, in that four months of, of learning, the whole motivating factor was like, do I want to be working until the day that I die? And am I doing the things that I'm actually good at? And the answer to both of those was, no, I don't want to work to the day I die. And the second answer was, I'm, I'm kind of doing the things I'm good at, but I feel like there's something else out there that I would be better at. And uh, that was a tough decision to leave that business and leave the, the multi-level marketing company. But I knew by doing that, it was freeing up my time to find that thing that I was going to be good at, enter real estate. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about the MLM network marketing um, for 
for myself and my wife as well, we did uh, MLM and it, it was the game changer, right? Yeah. Before that, it was all employment mindset, um, you know, just working your nine to five, being content. And it, it changed for us so much and for myself because it, it, it forced us into meetings. It forced us into, uh, you know, networking, building a team. There were so many skill sets mm-hmm. um, that were learned from that. I, and, and let me ask you, how, how successful were you with that MLM? So in the title, we, we, we made it uh, pretty decently high, but that equated to about maybe two to $3,000 a month. Yeah, exactly. So same, same here. Ti- the title was like, you know, I'm in the top half a percent of the company, but yeah. I was making four, sometimes on a good month, $5,000 a month. Um, but that was not how I define success in that a lot like what you're saying is it was, it was, I mean, I can tell you the biggest thing I learned from that is how to read and, um, and treat other people so that you can be a person of influence in a positive way, of course. Um, but like I can, I can read someone now better than I ever could in the past. You know, how like you, you get around people for the first time or like, you know, they're like, I bet you, you did X, Y, and Z in the past. And you're like, how did I know that? Like, I, I feel like I learned people so well that like, I can, I'm, I'm not like that, but I feel like I can, I can read things a lot better. And that, that gives me the opportunity to connect with people a lot easier. Um, it gives me the opportunity to uh, collaborate more with the people that I want to be around. Um, you know, and that's part of why I started the podcast too, you know, is uh, I have relationships with people that, you know, are multimillionaires and, and, uh, you know, doing amazing things and the investing in real estate world that I'm just like, I look at myself four years ago and I wouldn't, I wouldn't belong in the same room with them. Um, I, yeah. I just think it just came down to finding ways to add value to top level people, to relate to them, to learn them, to see like, what, what is it that this person is missing that I can fill in that gap? Um, and, and that to me is, is how you get yourself in, in with people like that. Yeah. Uh, be a value add, right? Yeah. In every room you can. Exactly. So um, I, I got a request for you. I appreciate your time and, and everything like that. But I want to see if we can get anything for my listeners, for the audience. Um, I'm excited about your, your course and about short-term rentals. I'm sure they're going to be excited too. Is there anything we can get a uh, discount? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, on our website, fearlesskyle.com, you'll see that you can go on there and it's the the course, again, business in a box, helping you to build a six-figure income here in short-term rentals in under a year. Um, it's a steal, $1,497. I'm giving it to your audience, though, at even lower, uh, $500 off at $997. So I think you know, you'll have a link there. You can direct people to where to get that. Um, but you know, uh, this, this, this business is again, just if we go back to that acronym, right? Action. Are you ready? Create the cases, try it. And then if you're successful with that one trial uh, trial time where you can get proof of concept, now it's just about keeping your eye on the prize. So if you're in the try it phase, just go over, get the $500 discount. That's only going to be for your members though. Appreciate it. So I will put, I'll make sure I get a link. I'm going to put that in the description. And I also want to add the Facebook group, um, in, in the description as well. So everybody can join that amazing community too. Yeah, absolutely. Please do it. Anything you can do to, to get my free content. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, just search fearless Kyle and you'll, you'll find a lot of it out there.
All right. So I got something, Kyle, I, I love to do on every episode. Uh, the name of the show is Success Leaves Clues Podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that I picked up that I hope me be successful. And I'm quite sure the audience will pick up some things of their own. Yeah. So sounds one, great. Yeah. One, we started off with the name, um, uh, just, just fearless. And the way you explain that is, you know, in a way I've never quite heard it before. Right. Um, we talk about overcoming fear, but you're talking about just moving forward with that fear and, and getting the right information. I think that's what's helped you be successful. And, that, and that's a major clue to pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. You, there's, you're never going to go without fear. You just got to learn how to deal with it. And it's either going to paralyze you or it's going to drive you. Yep. But in that same breath, there's also a thing of too much information. And so I think it's good to find uh, a mentor, uh, take the right course. And it just uh, so happens you have the perfect course, uh, you know, for myself and for the audience. So Kyle, um, if they can take your course and just be in the right place to build the correct business and get to the place that they want to be. Um, I think that's another, you know, good takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you can go and try to figure it out on your own. I, I always talk about it like a puzzle, right? You can go on YouTube and you can get the the free content, but that's information. That's, that's looking at a thousand puzzle pieces out on a table and seeing the final picture and being like, okay, now I got to put all these puzzle pieces together. But yeah. when you get a course, now you have the instruction of, Find this piece, put it here. Find this piece, put it here. How much quicker do you think you get that puzzle done if you had someone showing you piece by piece where to put it versus you having to try to figure that out on your own? That's exactly why you invest in education. You're absolutely right. Um, so I, I, th I think it's all about, um, you know, success loves speed. So if you can take a, a course or have um, a mentor that can help you get there quicker, I think that's what you want. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.